0: Love Talk Radio. Welcome, one and all, to Parkinson's Recovery Radio. I am the founder of Parkinson's Recovery, Robert Rogers, and the host of this particular radio show program. Parkinson's Recovery was founded in 2004, almost two decades ago, with the intent of providing information, support, and resources for persons currently diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and, of course, as well as their family members In the interviews that I have done over the past couple of decades, I search out the universe for individuals that are, I think, providing value to persons who are looking for strategies and methods that are natural in character that can enable them to be able to reverse their symptoms. And I'm excited to report that I have found a program that Carl Sterling's, has developed that I want everybody to know about. It's called Parkinson's Regeneration Training. Carl, I want to thank you here at the outset for taking the time to be a guest on Parkinson's Recovery Radio.
1: Well, thank you, Dr. Rogers. Uh, I just want to tell you that years ago, I started listening to podcasts, and the first Parkinson's podcast I ever came across was yours, and it was in my early, early days, about 10 years ago, of getting into working with this clientele and these patients. So I want to thank you for all the work you do, because I've learned a lot from your program, and I continue to listen, and it's an honor to be a part of your program now. Thank you.
0: Carl, I must say I am honored, and it is a privilege to provide this kind of support to persons who currently are challenging neurological difficulties. So, Carl, tell us all about yourself.
1: Oh, sure. Uh, Well, let's see. I'm 61 years old, or I'll say 61 years young because I feel young. (laughs) So uh, I, I live near Syracuse, New York. I have a clinic in Camillus, New York, just five miles or so west of Syracuse, called Neuromotor Training. We specialize in my clinic, which is in a a medical facility here, Preventive Medicine Associates. Um, I've been doing this for about, with Parkinson's, right about 10 years as of this month, coincidentally. Uh, and in the movement and uh, rehab industry for close to 14 years. Um, you know, I I had a lot of health problems 14 years ago, very very serious health problems. So I just decided to get a trainer to help me, and a nutritionist. He was also a dietitian. And you know, I I weighed almost 300 pounds. I was diabetic. Um, I now weigh 2 I, I'm not saying that, uh, I don't, uh, bragging. Diabetic. I'm no longer pre-diabetic and I weigh 206 pounds. I'm six foot two, I'm very agile. And I feel better than I've ever felt in my entire life. But it's because of the health problems that, uh, I realized, I needed to do something. And when I got into that, it made me want to study nutrition after I became a trainer in the early days. And I went back to Syracuse university and I studied nutrition because I wanted to add to my scope of practice And it. And the Parkinson's came as a result of my first semester in school. 10 years ago this month, I met one of my professors at Parkinson's and that took me quickly down this path. Um, so Basically, you know, I, I love cars, I love muscle cars. I like I'm a drummer. I did that for decades as a career before I went into this and it's part of the reason I gained so much weight. I was traveling, eating horribly and drinking too much and now I don't drink and I eat well and I exercise a lot. <laughs> so that's that's a little that's a little bit about me. But uh I have three grandchildren, two children. Uh, I'm a really lucky guy, and I have a beautiful clinic here with some great support of doctors who are for business because my approach to working with all people, not just Parkinson's, is different than most therapists out there, which we can talk about in in a little while here today.
0: Carl Sterling, given your background then, what would you say is the best way for persons they are diagnosed with Parkinson's disease to exercise?
1: And that's a really good question, uh, Dr. Rogers, because, you know, everyone's at a different level of, let's say, um, well, well, everyone's unique, right? We're all different. Like Michael J. Fox says, if you've met a person with Parkinson's, you met a person with Parkinson's. It means you just saw one person with Parkinson's and another person with Parkinson's, maybe the same amount of time, maybe the same age who has Parkinson's could have completely different level of ability based on their level of fitness previous or how the Parkinson's has affected them or is affecting them. Some of this also the power of their will and their drive and their, but part of it is ability. But here's what I say, what I recommend is we want to, first of all, We want to get moving. We want to exercise. We want to especially do things that will help to elevate the heart rate. And I can't emphasize enough how important this is to get that heart rate elevated. We'll talk about intensity and duration in a moment. With that said, everyone's at a different level, like I mentioned. You just need to do two things what you can do, and what you will do. Because I can tell you right now, I don't do exercises that I don't like. A lot of people love ellipticals. I don't. Is elliptical good for you? Absolutely. I just won't do it. I don't like it. But if you like elliptical, then you should do it. You should do whatever exercise you'll do. That's the exercise to do, or the exercises, if it's more than one. And so as far as intensity and duration, um, this may this leads me down another path, if you don't mind. The reason that cardio is so important and the, the data is extensive on this in the research for Alzheimer's and dementia and Parkinson's and cognitive decline and really just overall general health and well-being is when you elevate your heart rate, and let's just say it's at the equivalent optimally optimally, okay, if you can't do this, you do what you can and work your way up to hopefully what would be the equivalent of a minimum of twenty minutes the equivalent um, intensity of walking as fast as possible safely as fast as possible. Don't you put yourself at a fall risk um, for twenty minutes so there's. There's a level of intensity we want to shoot or strive for. If you can go longer, go longer. If you can go harder, go harder. If you can do a high intensity, we have some very high function individuals who come into our facility, into our clinic. So they can run. There's one who's running a marathon in a couple weeks. Another one running a half marathon in Harrisburg, I think, tomorrow or Sunday. And so they can do that. So that's okay and they're going to be running for at least a couple of hours or a few hours they can not everybody can so do what you can though and if you can go harder faster do it because going to happen is it's going to not only get uh, like you, have you realized an improvement in your cardiovascular conditioning and health strengthening your heart your respiratory system What also happens, and the reason I emphasize cardio so much, and and the experts out there also recommend this, is when you get that heart rate elevated for probably a minimum 15 minutes, 20 minutes is probably better, though. If you can keep it elevated that long, a neurochemical, a protein, a growth hormone called brain-derived neurotrophic factor, is created by the brain and so is that bdnf there's also gdnf it's glial derived they're both really good but bdnf brain derived neurotrophic factor is is best produced as a result of an elevated heart rate 15 20 minutes longer is better harder is better what that does is circulates it lands on brain cells and As John Rady, Dr. John Rady from Harvard University, who's a best-selling author, and he's been on my my podcast, actually, he talks about how that is like miracle grow for the brain, and so does Dr. Wendy Suzuki, who's been on the program a few times. Their research, along with countless others, show that cardio-producing brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which is a hormone that helps preserve cellular structure and integrity in the brain so that not only can it help to delay the progression of disease, delay the progression of brain cells that are dying, so in Parkinson's we're talking a lot about the substantial nigra, maybe the nigra region, triadal region, but overall brain health will be not only preserved, but probably improved To some degree And as Wendy Suzuki tells us And John Rady also tells us These are neuroscientists These are neuro people who are the experts of experts That there Also can be new brain cells Developed Or given birth to Although it's only two areas It's the olfactory bulb so it's your sense of smell And the Hippocampus Okay, So a lot of memory stuff there And future planning stuff You know what? We've had people with Parkinson's who once they get moving and they do their cardio weeks or months later, they have an improved sense of smell. I can't guarantee it'll happen to everybody. I can't guarantee any result for anybody but I can pretty much guarantee it's good for you. Cardio is the best thing we can do. It'll also help this brain-derived neurotrophic factor also helps Improving the uptake of medications. So think about levodopa, Sinemet, carbidopa, Azolect, all these other things that we take for Parkinson's. Having them get into your system sooner and have a longer-lasting effect, that is also another benefit from doing cardio. So that's a long answer. The shorter answer is do cardio and do it every day because it's going to help you.
0: Carl, so how does a person diagnosed with Parkinson's disease retrain their brain to facilitate movement, memory, and even cognition?
1: Yeah, I, oh, man, I love this area. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. So let, let's let's look at more research, okay? You've got uh, out of Stanford, you've got Dr. Andrew Huberman. You've got uh, John Rady-Harvard, Wendy Suzuki, NYU, and I could go down a list of countless others. <clears throat> uh, Dr. Norman Deutsch from uh, Toronto uh, written two beautiful books, one called The Brain That Changes Itself, and the follow-up to that is The Brain's Way of Healing. So all of these um, my favorite research actually is out of Stanford from Huberman because Huberman talks about this in a way that's real easy to understand. So let's start at ground zero here. Um, when a when a cir- we have neural circuitry in our brain. Okay, so things we do like we can talk. Right? So if you can talk, you know a language you have a skill, you can play an instrument, you can walk, you can ride a bicycle, you can cook a meal, you can whatever, use an iPhone, use a computer. Those are skills. When you learn these skills, and especially the younger we are, the easier it is, generally speaking. Let's take a bike riding example. It's in my, the first book I wrote. I talk about this example. You know that it's saying, like, oh, it's just like riding a bike, it will come right back to you. There's a reason that people relate to that and that people say that. Because when you learn how to do anything, and let's pick the bike ride for the example here. When you first get on that bicycle, you're not doing well. You've never ridden a bike, and it's highly doubtful you're going to get on there and not, like, fall down unless you have assistance to hold you up. But you need somebody to hold you up. You need, maybe you have training wheels. Maybe you have somebody holding on to you. Whatever it is, over time and repetition of practice, 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 eventually you're on your own and you're riding and you're balancing. And the more you do it, the better you get. Same thing with anything we do and practice and learn, skill, language, anything. Right? So... As we get older, sometimes these circuits are compromised. We know that um, the substantia nigra in Parkinson's is, uh, substantia nigra in general, the very old primal movement control center in the brain. There's more than one. The cerebellum does a lot with movement too. But If we have circuits now that have developed during our lifetime and we were functioning fine and then we're starting, you know, movements compromised or cognition or memory. we know that some of these brain circuitry is starting to um, get compromised. And let me also go back and say that when we've developed the ability to do that bicycle ride, let's say, and you can do it, no problem. That's because while you're practicing this or any other skill or anything you're trying to learn, any set of knowledge, set of data, anything, there are synaptical electrical like synaptical electrical firing patterns happening between neurons. So these are synapses, like little bursts of electricity that happen. And I can't remember exactly. I think they might be happening from the dendrites, but it doesn't matter. What does matter is that as you're doing this, whatever learning event is occurring, the more you do it in practice, the more these Synaptic firing patterns occur between neurons. They say, I think it was, uh, oh, man, Carlyle is out of Stanford. I can't remember her name. She's the one who coined the phrase, neurons that fire together, wire together. When you have a circuit or a web of neural uh, um, um, Neurons that have fired together become connected now in this series of you know or series of uh, like a web of every time you ride the bike, there's millions or billions of brain cells fire up together. And they wired together. The wiring gave you the ability to ride the bike. You can you can talk. I, I speak Spanish pretty fluently. I had to practice a whole lot, but I work a lot in Mexico in Latin America so I learned and now it's with me but it's practice 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 every day literally for years zoom calls uh, phone calls texting and then go there and then be immersed in it so now I have this web of brain cells that gives me the ability to speak Spanish relatively well well this is for anything we do okay so now you've got this circuitry in place now you're not moving as well because their brain cells are dying and they're dying within the circuits. You have cells that are dying. The circuit's interrupted. Movement will be impaired. Could be freezing of gait. Could be asymmetrical stride, shuffling gait. Could be just compromised balance because your balance circuitry is off. Could be you move less. So you're not as strong as you used to be in strength and strength is the foundation for balance. We don't have enough strength. We're not going to have good balance. So now you could have a double whammy of not strong enough and movement circuits compromised, broken up. But what we need to do is we need to practice the moves that are important to us. Walking is the number one functional movement for all people every day. If you're able to walk, if you have two legs and you can walk, then that would be the most functional movement for us. So we want to make sure we can walk safely. So we have what we call, in my clinic, we call it gait re-education. So we'll start teaching about gait and working with people in a variety of ways to have them hyper-focus on the various things, optimal gait patterns, stride length, stride symmetry, velocity, posture, reciprocal arm swing, little hip rotation, little reciprocal uh, trunk rotation. So we we wanna improve every part of gait so that people move well. And basically folks, it's called neuroplasticity, this retraining of the brain. The brain has this ability like as you're listening now, if you learned even one thing in the past 15 minutes, then you had brain cells firing together that gave you this set of knowledge of what I said, even if it's just one sentence. You know, my name's Carl Sterling. You might not have known that before. Well, guess what? Your brain just created a little neural pathway. And if you remember my name, you just had firing patterns that happened. And the brain just does it. It does it for you. But you can enhance the results of neuroplasticity basically in two steps. Whatever you're, This comes out of Stanford, Andrew Huberman, Dr. Huberman. To simplify neuroplasticity, which means the brain's ability to reorganize wiring patterns, to adapt as needed or as you want it to. You can learn anything you want to. Step one of two is hyperfocus hyper-focus on whatever it is you're trying to do. It could be 30 seconds of an exercise, of a balance thing, of learning a word, of learning how to use an app on your phone, or maybe it's five minutes. Data says that few people can focus for beyond 90 minutes straight without an interruption because at that I wouldn't be able to do that. I'm lucky if I can go five minutes. But bottom line is during the learning event. During the practice of gaining the knowledge or the skill or the ability, hyper-focus on it, concentrate on it. Do it to the point where you feel fatigue mentally because that fatigue means that you have now released a couple of neurochemicals. Um, noradrenaline is one of them that gives a feeling of fatigue, but also acetylcholine. And Acetylcholine goes to the neurons that are firing, and it marks them for strengthening. So hyperfocus causes these chemicals. So step one, hyperfocus. Step two is sleep, because these neurons' uh, pathways are strengthened while you're sleeping. Hey, I'll just finish up here, because I could go on all day about this. But have you ever had it, like Dr. Rogers, have you ever had it where you're trying to learn something and you're, you're you're trying to do something and you're trying it for like days or maybe it's like weeks. And and then, you know, that on one particular day after practicing, you're like, Oh man, you know, I just can't seem to get it. You wake up the next day though, and you got it. It's like, there it is. I can do it. Well, that's because you had enough practice, hyper-focus and enough sleep so they finally, that set of neurons just wired up together. And that last night of sleep, they wired together enough so that when you got up, you were just able to do it better or you know it better. And I get so excited talking about this stuff. You might hear it in my voice because I see people come in here and after, sometimes it's after a few sessions or a couple of weeks or a month or two or whatever. And they do things that they didn't think they could ever do. And it's not me. I'm not magical. It's just that I know how to coach them into getting the most out of it. I, I do my best anyways. And, and it's so gratifying. I, that's why I love what I do. So we can, unless there's some set of circumstances that prevents us, most people, they're able to exercise in this way. It could take longer for some people. It could take a year, it could take months. Some people might get it quickly. But it doesn't matter. It's... Almost everyone is able to retrain the brain to improve their movement, their balance, and and more than anything, if you can do cardio, you're going to slow disease progression. That was a long answer, wasn't it?
0: It was a delightful (laughs) answer. And your description (laughs) of learning process and how frustrated you can get, and all of a sudden you wake up and uh, it worked. It happens to me all the time, Carl. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you are right, listening ahead. to Parkinson's. Re-
0: Re- you are listening to Parkinson's Recovery Radio. I am your host, Robert Rogers, founder of Parkinson's Recovery. My host today is Carl Sterling, who is the founder and creator of the Parkinson's Regeneration Training Program. Carl, tell us about the benefits of all things vibration.
1: Oh yeah. This is great. Well, you know, it was by accident that I sort of ran across this um, years ago. Um, there, there was this vibrating device we have called a. It's made by a company called Hyper Ice. Hyper Ice, and they make this five or five and a half inch ball. This is, if anyone out there is familiar with a trigger point ball, trigger the like the five and a half inch one. I think is the dimension. Um, it's the same size as that, but it vibrates. Uh, The hypersphere is what it's called. I I love it. I love it. It's great. Uh, It's a fantastic tool, a high-quality product. Um, Mine's traveled all over the world with me for probably six years, and it still works. It's great. Uh, Bottom line is that it has three settings, uh, low, medium, and high, for vibration. Um, The company made it originally to – do what you would do with a foam roller or a trigger point ball, which is to do some myofascial release to get some of the knots and lesions out of the fascia to improve your flexibility and range of motion and maybe decrease pain and all that. But I had somebody I was working with who held on to the ball. This is the person with bilateral tremors who has Parkinson's. And after about 10 minutes of holding, he only held on to it because it just felt good in his hands, he said. Well, what we noticed is, geez, 10 minutes, his tremors were, in in his case, they were gone. Now, when I say this, I I don't want to get anyone too hopeful. Um, They weren't gone forever. They came back in about an hour Looking, I got online, I went on the Google Scholar and I went on to PubMed and the uh, and I, the a few of the other um, reputable research publication websites. And I found information that, that supported the, the theory that I had at the time of, you know, vibration can, can actually help with a lot of things. So we have in my clinic here, we have two uh, what we call a. Uh, Uh, Power Plates. Power Plate is an amazing company who makes amazing vibration products. The the two particular uh, Power Plates we have are whole body vibration. One of them is the very top end medical model. It's absolutely there's nothing like it. The other one I have is portable, but it's also full body vibration. You stand on. You can stand on it. We find if we stand on it barefoot, it's actually better, but I can go into barefoot uh, different segment here. Um, so we can do whole body vibration. We can do segmental vibration. All right, well, if you're holding a hypersphere ball and you're vibrating at whatever intensity you want, <clears throat> advantages could be, for example, if you're holding in the hands, I, I remember being in Mexico, Mexico City, four years ago this month, speaking at a large conference, and I pulled out the ball and I gave it to a gentleman in the front row had some pretty significant bilateral tremors. As you know, uh, I didn't know how to say it in English for somebody help or in Spanish, somebody helping. me. It's, hang on to this, you know, diez minutos, 10 minutos, you know, regreso pronto, I'll come back. And check. Well when I got back he had already handed the ball off to somebody else because his tremors were gone. Now by the end of the two hours they were back but they weren't as significant for when they came back. Eventually by the end of the day they were back to normal, full tremor. But the segmental that can be good for uh, you know, rest like restless leg cinnamon. You could use a vibrating device, a foam roll or a ball, whatever a gun, you have the Thera gun, you have the Power Plate gun, the Hypervolt gun, all these different guns with different attachments, and you can go and maybe before you go to sleep, lay in your bed and either yourself or better if you have somebody else do it because it's just easier to administer that way, just slowly go over your leg muscles. Stay away from bones because bones don't like vibration, but I mean at least not right on the bone quads, hamstrings, calves. Maybe even if you can isolate that tibialis anterior or posterior, but vibrate all up and down those muscles, both sides, maybe it's five minutes per leg. There's a really good chance that if you have ever had or you have restless leg syndrome, that it will diminish and you'll move, have less involuntary movements throughout the night. While you're sleeping And if you have a bed partner It can be good for them too Because they don't get kicked as much That would be a segmental vibration With a smaller device uh, Again the ball holding in the hands Can help to diminish tremors One of the advantages of that <coughs> Excuse me. Numerous people tell me Well this is fantastic Because they'll buy a ball I just send them to a link They buy a ball, they get it they want to go to dinner, but they're afraid to go to dinner because they don't want to go out and like spill food or spill drink on themselves or on somebody else or on the table. They're self-conscious, they withdrawn from going out into society. <coughs> In some cases, well, what they'll do is somebody else will drive. They hold the vibrating device, but from when they leave till they get to the restaurant, their tremors are diminished long enough to be able to eat. And imagine that. I mean, imagine how nice that would feel to know that you can get enough relief to go and enjoy a dinner, not spill, not be self-conscious, at least not as much anyways. Or maybe you want to type on your computer. Maybe you want to text somebody. Maybe you want to write. Maybe you use checks and you want to write checks out and pay your bills, but you can't write because you're tremoring too much, but you hold the ball. Ten, fifteen, twenty 15, 20 minutes and boom, you can write for just long enough to get through your, your task, whatever you want to do. So that segmental vibration can be very, very helpful. Um, and sometimes we'll have people with uh, two types of dystonia. The more common would be the clenched foot where the toes are down and the ball of the foot is drawn towards the heel and the, uh, the foot dystonia can be very painful. If any of you who are listening ever had it, you know it can be very painful, and it could last three minutes, three hours, three days. Well, if you take off your shoes and socks, put that foot on a vibrating device, there's a really good chance that in a few minutes it will be unclenched and all done. You won't have that problem until it happens again, and then you just vibrate it again. Uh, cervical dystonia is also another very painful one for people. Uh, I don't see it a whole lot, but I can just say if anyone out there with any, it could be you don't have Parkinson's, but you have cervical dystonia. I mean, that exists, right? You don't have to have Parkinson's to have different other problems. But you can, it's better if you have somebody else hold the vibrating device on the muscle that's pulling your head into the direction that it's stuck in, if you will, that can really relieve some tension. Maybe reduce some stimulation on the other side with some kinesiology tape to pull the head back towards normal. It probably doesn't go back to normal. But that's segmental. Vibration, whole body vibration. You stand on a power plate, a whole body vibrating device. You can get all kinds of benefits. I'll just go through them real quick. Um, circulation of blood, venous blood back to the heart. You might get improved fascial fluid flow. Improve, improve lymphatic fluid flow. You also can improve flexibility, strength. You burn extra calories. it actually can be used for weight loss. And another one, it can help with spinal issues, posture, and it can help to increase bone density. So it's vibration is powerful. And the other thing, if you do it especially barefoot, Those nerves on the plantar skin, plantar skin is the most highly densely sensory receptors and mechanoreceptors. As we wear shoes and socks over the decades, those tend to go to sleep so you have less sensation coming into your foot. If you go and just walk around barefoot, and this is very, very important, I call this bottom-up training. If there's anything I want you to learn from today, this will be number three. First is do cardio. Second is Focus, focus, focus when you're trying to learn something and practice something because focus, 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 practice, practice, practice is in that thing you're trying to train yourself to do, to retrain the brain, to move better, to reduce falls or improve cognition, improve memory, hyper-focus, and then sleep. So that's number two, neuroplasticity. Number three is walk around barefoot. Top-down training is when you're hyper-focusing when you're retraining the brain, neuroplasticity. Bottom-up training is waking up the skin on the bottom of feet and those nerves because when you wake those up, you immediately get information to the brain through the peripheral and central nervous system, and this will cause you to move better. Almost, I, I can't actually think of a time that somebody didn't move at least a little bit better because there's more information coming into the brain which means the brain's gonna immediately respond with a signal, more signal, more output to help you move, stabilize, balance better. But I'm tying this in now, so sorry about that. But if you do whole body vibration and you're working on, you know, whatever it is you're doing it for, it can help you reduce tremors, it can help reduce West of Leg syndrome, it can help reduce a lot of things. Never, not everyone will buy a whole body vibration platform, and if you buy a cheap one, it's not going to be bad. Won't, maybe won't help that much, but they, they're not cheap to get a good one. The bottom line is, if you get on there barefoot, that's another way of waking up your peripheral and central nervous system and get more information to the brain. My brain, the the brain is what I consider the first muscle, if you will, that we target. I'm going to be working your brain from the bottom through the barefoot stimulation and through vibration on the bare feet. Bone density will increase, did I say already? And uh, spinal issues, spinal strength is usually improved through whole body vibration. Um, So we're definitely going to be targeting the brain through bottom-up training and then neuroplasticity top-down training.
0: Everyone diagnosed with Parkinson's disease hears a great deal about dopamine. What roles does dopamine play in the brain?
1: Uh, Good question. I, I like this question. Um, There's one thing that I wanted to um, mention about neuroplasticity before I go into the dopamine. And I'm sorry, because once in a while I forget something. So let's say multitasking can also be a reason that uh, people fall down. They get distracted and they're moving and they fall or they trip or they freeze, which leads to increased fall risk. Well, in my clinic here, what we do is we do what I call stacking. Could be doing any kind of movement. It might be just walking, or maybe it's moving sideways through the agility ladder, just stepping through it, or stepping sideways through hurdles, or walking backwards, or walking a figure-eight pattern. While you're doing the movement, we're doing something else. We're working on cognition. I have a ball. I think it's called brain speed club, I can't remember, or fireupyourbrain.com, 20 bucks. It's an orange ball about the size of a basketball. has a complete alphabet on it and some letters. We play catch with that. So now you, while you're doing the movement, you're playing, doing hand-eye coordination, playing catch with the ball. I move around them, and they keep doing their exercise. When they get the ball, like we just did this right before you called me, uh, where we were all hungry. So, well, let's pick food as our topic. So I throw the ball, first letter you see, name a food that, you know, begins with that letter. Oh, Z, zucchini, you know, or B, uh, banana. But if we can go all over with the topics. Could be cities, could be cars, models of cars, could be, you know, vegetables, fruits, anything. That's just one example. Uh, we could also work on memory and give them some things to remember, and then test their memory, kind of like maybe in the MoCA test or something. But I just want to explain that we, I call it stacking. I don't know what it's called, but it's meant to be doing two to three things, or maybe even four things at once to improve multitasking abilities. Dopamine, though, <clears throat> I'm going to give you a resource. It's a, my favorite book, about dopamine is written by um, Daniel J. J. Daniel Z. Lieberman, Dr. Lieberman, it's called The Molecule of More. I would highly recommend buying that book because, or borrow from your library, dopamine is responsible for so many things. And we know that in Parkinson's, we know it's a neurotransmitter, okay? We know that dopamine production diminished in the brain, in the sustenta nigra, in Parkinson's, okay? Well, it's also produced in the liver. It's produced in other places, but that's not going to help you in the liver. It's not going to help you move better. So if we have, if it's a neurotransmitter and your body isn't getting through it through your nervous system, if it's not getting the message efficiently, to do what you know you want to do. Maybe you're frozen or you have akinesia, as I said, temporary loss of voluntary movement. You, you're you stuck. You can't take that first step. Well, there are ways that we actually work with that here to get people to take the first step, and then they get better at it. But that's a different subject. Bottom line is that lack of dopamine is likely the cause of the akinesia. Okay, well, it's a neurotransmitter, dopamine is but it's not only a neurotransmitter. We know that there are a fair number of people with Parkinson's, MSA, uh, progressive supranuclear palsy, uh, Parkinsonism, anywhere where the dopamine production is diminished. We know that because it's also a driver that drives us towards success and reproduction and Uh, Sustaining Yourself Um, You know in the hunter gatherer days For example Dopamine is what got you Out there to hunt For miles You're chasing your prey and then you Get your prey and you bring it back And dopamine causes you It drives you to do that And then you bring it back And you eat it or whatever And then you're done for a while And dopamine did it's job it allowed you to get your food, your meal, right? And after, you know, after that's done, I mean, you got the here and now chemicals, like the serotonin, the acetone, the endocannabinoids, and these things that it's like, okay, got my food, I ate my food, and now I'm here and now feeling pretty darn good about it. But then you get hungry again. Dopamine kicks in, and it drives you out there. Well, dopamine drives you towards anything you want to do. It could be a cup of coffee on the other room, uh, this comes out of the Huberman lab as well. I mean, not the lab, but the information that he publishes. But it's everywhere. It's also in this book I told you about, The, the Molecule of More. Because dopamine drives us towards goals. You want to lose 20 pounds. You want to gain some muscle. You want to finish a, a, a education, get a degree. You want to get an award. You want to accomplish something. Uh, Reproduction, you want a mate. Well, dopamine drives us. It's a driver. And what we know is many times, and I got off track for one second, in the Parkinson's population with diminished dopamine, or like I said, MSA, PSP, and some other disorders with lack of dopamine. Lack of dopamine can cause a person to feel lethargic. I have a lot of people I work with who they're educated now and they understand because I want what we do here in the therapies to be an education, not just a session going through motions. I want you to learn stuff and get motivated because dopamine might, lack of dopamine could cause you to be a couch potato. You just don't want to get up. You don't want to get going. You're lacking that get up and go because you don't have enough nope, dopamine to drive you. Well, of course, we have Love with dopamine dopamine replacement medications, and they can be helpful, very, very helpful, and they're very, very important but sometimes it's not enough to get someone going. What I'll say about it though is this: three words I want you to remember when you don't feel like doing something, when you don't feel like exercising, you don't feel like getting off the couch. here's the three words: just get started. Now, I wonder about myself sometimes because I really love to sit on the couch. I love to not do anything, but I can't. You know, I used to weigh 300 pounds, and I can't go back to that. I can't be diabetic. I can't be overweight and obese again. I can't do it, and I won't do it. So I I know when I get started, I get the energy to keep going. Well, there's some science behind this, too, and what the science tells us is if we get going and doing something, it could be walking or, you know, doing your taxes. I mean, I just finished corporate of you know, a different fiscal year um, than January, so it's different, so I did them, and you know what? Once I started, I got the energy. I finished them in one day. Easy peasy. Give them my accountant, boom. Everything's okay. Good. Send them in. Well, it could be anything you're wanting to start But especially exercise, if you don't feel like it, just get started. Because when you get started, movement especially, not only helps create BDNF, but it can help create extra dopamine and other, as they call it, neurochemical soup. all these chemicals that happen in your brain that your brain makes just by getting up and getting moving. And especially if you can do it outside The optimal, according to Dr. John Rady from Harvard, is to exercise, do it outside, do it barefoot, and with another person, and gamify. Have fun. People come in here, and we have a lot of fun. We gamify so much of what we do, but we make sure it counts. It's not just playing around. There's a method to the madness. But once people get here, they get through the door, and they don't feel like it, like the last gentleman who just left. I heard him leave. He doesn't ever want to come here, and when he gets here... He does so well, and that's what keeps him coming. He knows when he gets started, he'll get the energy to keep going. Dopamine is, its without it, we'd be dead, and with not enough of it, we now know we can probably create more, likely create more by getting started, just get started.
0: You are listening to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. My guest today is Carl Sterling, the founder and creator of the Parkinson's Regeneration Training Program. You mentioned a little earlier, Carl, about the big role nutrition has played in your own personal life. Can you tell us a little bit about nutrition and Parkinson's?
1: Sure, sure. Um, I'm going to tell you. Full disclosure here, I am not an absolute expert in the area of nutrition as it relates to Parkinson's. However, in my second book called Parkinson's Empowerment Training, the chapter on nutrition is written by a dear friend of mine, uh, Dr. Cynthia Lopez, who is a dietitian for, I believe it's the past 12 years. She works only with people with Parkinson's nobody else and what we what we know about what I remember most about this is like 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 anybody we really if we can find and afford and acquire good clean foods that aren't processed that are free of you know um a lot of the preservatives and chemicals and additives and the processing is really, really bad. Um, that's going to be good. It's like eating as clean a product as we can find. You know, if you can go organic, it certainly is better. Um, it costs more, but, you know, just do the best you can. What What I would say is uh we, we worry in the Parkinson's population, especially as if somebody has a tremor, and if it goes bilateral and gets significant and especially if it gets into a dyskinesia, let's say ever um there's a lot of calorie burn that goes along with that, and it's not uncommon to to see a person with parkinson's who's has such significant tremors of dyskinesia that they are almost malnourished well, especially not getting enough protein and they're involuntary movement is so significant that they're they're losing body weight, but they're also losing muscle mass. And we don't want to do that. We want to maintain, and maybe a lot of the times people come here, they build, and then we want them to maintain muscle mass. Well, this is going to, uh, that muscle mass is a two-part process. We need to eat enough to maintain. That's like I don't know which is first, really. Honestly, you come in here and you're you do anywhere and you're doing resistance training. You're doing the type of things that will build strength and build some muscle mass. We want to make sure that you eat enough to maintain that. Your your protein. You know, if you're vegetarian or but a pescatarian, maybe you eat fish. Well, just get protein. If you're vegan, the probably places get protein too. I right? You know, if you eat. Animal product, you know, chicken, fish, beef, I mean, great. Um, Eat what you feel is best for you, but make sure it's as clean as you can get. Definitely know that sugar and Parkinson's don't get along. Alcohol and Parkinson's generally don't get along, meaning just in life in general, though, I mean, the more we can stay away from sugar, especially, you know, I think, Dr. Robert Lustig says there's 56 or 57 names for sugar, and only a few of them are naturally occurring. Well, there are a lot of sugars out there that are manufactured, and it just whacks out your pancreas, your insulin levels, type 2 diabetes, and whatever, all kinds of problems when you increase risk of cancer and heart disease, and if you've got Parkinson's on top of that, well, no bueno. So really trying to stay away from the sugars. And the alcohol that is going to help you. I hate to say it, but it's going to help you. Eat clean. Get your vegetables too. Get the green leafy stuff. Eat just eat good quality food. Vegetables, protein. You know, I'm a carb guy. I'll eat carbs. I don't say don't eat carbs, but do what's right for you. Just make sure you're not into the heavy amounts of. You know, you don't want to be eating all the donuts or cookies out there, because those are simple carbs, that's not going to help you. You want to eat a complex carb, maybe some quality pasta, um, rice, things like that.
0: Tell people about your books and how they can purchase them.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you. The first book came out in June... 2020, it's called Parkinson's Regeneration Training. It's a pretty big book. Uh, if you go to carlsterling.com, and that's Carl with a K, so K-A-R-L, Sterling, like silver, carlsterling.com, you'll see a book tab. You can link over, and the first one I just mentioned is available on Amazon in English and in Spanish. Um, Amazon's a place to get it. It'll link to Amazon from my site. Uh, the first one's also available in audio book format from Audible. And uh, my friend Scott Hope did that. He has a way better voice than I do, <laughs> so I had him do it. That book is a very comprehensive user's guide for all the things we just talked about and a whole lot more. The second book, Powerment Training. It's a much smaller book, but I learned a lot and I wanted to put in what I learned, including the Cynthia Lopez chapter about nutrition into this book because I didn't have that in the first book. Unless you get the Spanish version, then we're going to get nutrition in that because that came out after the English version. But we talk in the second book, we talk about um, hope, empowerment, and belief, first chapter. Because when not uncommon, I'll have somebody come in and, or tell me they can't roll over in bed, imagine waking up and not being able to do that. We'll teach them how to do it, and so far, knock on wood, as they say, 100% success. More important than rolling over in bed, though, by themselves without assistance, or getting up out of bed without assistance, is the optimism that is regained many times, the hope it is regained by gaining such a simple but not-for-them skill. Well, once it becomes possible, people tend to become rather unstoppable. And we talk about the power of these little things that are actually huge that can empower us. And we talk about sleep management. We talk about neuroplasticity, medicine by, uh, vibration therapy, nutrition Um, I don't have a book with me. I can't remember what else is in it, but I also have stories from about, uh, I think it's 14 people, a combination of people with Parkinson's caregivers and neurologists and physiotherapists. Their stories that are very powerful and inspiring about fighting back against the disease. You can get both of those books on carlsterling.com, Carl with a K. There's one other thing I'd like to mention as an education resource. Would that be
0: okay, Dr. Of course.
1: Okay, so from carlsterling.com you're going to see a link to the Parkinson's Regeneration Training subscription-based website. This is a, a, a resource which I've been working on for a couple of years. It's the new version of something I did years ago that was okay, but now I beefed it up. The audio quality is super high. The visual is super good. And it's extremely comprehensive in all things Parkinson's, everything I just talked about. The regular price for it is $29 per month which you can cancel at any time, okay? So you get a month, you go through it, that's it, good. You cancel, you're done, $29, and you just got hours and hours and hours of video, exercises, demos, all kinds of information. But if you use this discount code, you'll get 25%. It's 25 off, so it's 25 five. O-F-F, capital letters, will save you 25% forever for as long as you subscribe. Again, you cancel at any time. But we've had very, very good feedback. We have neurologists who are on this site. We have physiotherapists around the world who are on it. We have, most importantly, we have people with Parkinson's who I get emotional because, and I'm not bragging. Trust me, my heart is in this. My life is in this. I want to make a difference and when people reach out to me, somebody from Australia just reached out earlier this week, you changed my life. Well, mission accomplished for that person. I'm so glad. But it continues to grow every week. More education. More exercise demos, more therapies more treatments and strategies, techniques to slow disease progression, manage movement and disease systems, improve movement, memory, and cognition. So it's carlsterling.com, the books, the education website, five o f f in capital letters, 25 off, gets 25% off and cancel at any time. And I appreciate you letting me share that, Dr. Rogers, because, um, I don't know of anything like it out there, and feedback is great, and I, I'm really just here to help people.
0: Once again, that website is carlsterling.com, so that's spelled K-A-R-L-S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G dot C- O-M. Carl, you mentioned yeah. a little bit earlier a quick and dirty summary of the tools of choice that people need to embrace in order to be able to manage their symptoms. Could you, by way oh, of just yeah. summary of all of these wonderful suggestions that you have given, uh, give us the list of these tools of choice that people really need to honor?
1: Oh sure sure um there's so many of them let me just check out one thing here. okay so uh first and foremost okay i, I want to go in order of uh stream of consciousness okay <laughs> i would highly recommend get on the powerplate website or go to amazon or walmart or whatever and you can find a vibrating gun roller, foam roller of different sizes, any kind of device, a ball, um, or you're into whole body vibration. check out power plates. they're amazing. You can also go to HyperIce.com. they have some wonderful vibrating devices as well. Um, we have a device uh, actually it's a thing um, if you go to hand eye body com Just the way it sounds. No spaces, no nothing. Hand eye, body, dot com. Coordination charts developed by Dr. Jacob Weiss. Amazing versatility in this under I believe it's under a100 dollars that you can get this program, and I use it every day with people, whether I'm doing house calls, because I have it on my tablet, or here on the big screen in the clinic. Coordination charts, so it's, exercise, it's movement and cognition simultaneously. I really like the uh, motion guidance, just the way it sounds. I, I think it's motionguidance.com, but motion guidance laser system. I know that uh, when I got it last fall, it was maybe in the low or mid $200 range. For a laser, that if you go on, you know, if you go into the website, carlstern.com, and get into the Institute, you see demos of all this stuff. Or go to Motion Guidance, you'll see their demos. We use that especially for postural training. It's an amazing posture training thing. Um, you get the A-Champs, A-Champs Reactive Lighting System. A lot of things we can do with cognition and decision-making with lights and reaction time. We use the T2, just the way the letter T, the number two iso trainer, I-S-O trainer. Look up, Google it, T2 iso trainer. An amazing portable device where you're able to use your body weight um, with some... I, uh, uh, elastics and then non-elastics. If you've ever seen a TRX, this is TRX for the next level. And uh, there's a machine here we love called the Climber. And if you go to, and it, so it's Climber with no vowels. C-L-M-B-R. C-L-M is a Mary, B is in Boy, R is in Robert the climber, is that we have three of them here. It is a climbing device. You might have seen the MaxiClimber or the Versi climber. Well, this is the top-notch climber. What we love about it is the reciprocal arm-leg pattern, which emulates vertical crawling. And we know that crawling is good for the brain and the hemispheres to play it better together. Plus, it's a really good cardiovascular workout. It'll work that DDNF Real quick, there's an app. I think it's under five dollars. It's called Clock, like Clock. What time is it, Clock? Clock yourself. You gotta get the app. It's a one-time, three, four, five bucks, maybe a six dollars. It's really cheap, and it's awesome. And we use it because it you can do uh, movement and cognition at the same time. Best bang for the buck ever. Um that's oh 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 one more. Go to step and Just how it sounds. STEP S-T-E-P, and A N uh, D. Doctor Erica DeMarch in Denver has created a beautiful balance system. Basically, these are pads that go on the floor. They have Velcro. They also have a mat that comes with them. A couple of mats. These are uh, foot pads with a textured surface. But bottom line is, each pair um, are a different thickness, a different level of uh, basically uh, cushiness or lack of cushy, and they offer a different um, like. This is going to challenge your balance. And they also, some of them have clickers in them so you can train using some audio so you can maintain a higher, let's say, more upright posture. And instead of looking down at the floor, you'll know when you step on the pad correctly, when you hear the clicker on the heel and then the clicker under the ball of the foot, you'll know you're on it the right way. And this entrains the body, the nervous system, and the brain. For uh, a lot of different things, balance, stride length, stepandconnect.com is one of the best things in the world. I could go on and on about 10 more tools, but I don't want to take up too much of your time.
0: (laughs) Paul Sterling, thank you so much for taking the time to give us this amazing presentation of approaches, techniques, tools, and methods that people can embrace to celebrate symptom relief. Whenever I do an interview, my goal is always to make sure that we have at least one good idea that people can take action on. In this case, Carl, I think we've got dozens of great ideas (laughs) because uh, you really have done some marvelous work in being able to create these books and these programs that people who live anywhere in the world can access and be able to celebrate symptomatic relief, so thanks so much for your work and thanks so much for taking the time to tell everybody who's a member of the Parkinson's Recovery audience all about it.
1: Thank you so much again, Dr. Rogers. I really appreciate the work you do, as I said earlier. I learned and continue to learn so much from you and from you and especially in the early days when I was starting this business i you you I, you're my number one resource. I was going to this podcast. I was learning about things, and I continue to do that. Um, thank you for your work. You reach so many people, and um appreciate it. And if anyone wants to reach me directly, just go to my website, carlstoring.com, and you can contact me through there. phone numbers on there. Call, text, email, whatever. I'm here. I'll be glad to help. Thank you again.
0: And thank you, Carl. Once again, the website is carlsterling.com, and that's spelled K-A-R-L-S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G dot C-O-M. And don't forget that uh, wonderful discount coupon that Carl also offered, which is the number 25 and in capital letters O-F-F. And that's what's happening here on the shores of the, you guessed it, Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are, of course, handsome, and all of the children are profoundly loved. Know that by virtue of the simple fact that you have taken the time to listen to this amazing and spectacular presentation by Carl Sterling that you indeed, in your own time, in your own way, making your own choices and following your own intuition, are traveling successfully down the road to recovery. Thanks so much for being a part of the Parkinson's Recovery audience. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.